your influence counts, so use it. Red Apple Media is proud to celebrate 100 years as one of America's most influential radio stations and New York's first. WABC. WLIRFM Hampton Bays. From around the world to around the block, this is a WABC 77 Second News Update. Good morning, I'm Frank Diaz. It's 4 a.m. and 40 degrees and cloudy outside. Well, a setback for President Biden, the Supreme Court blocked the Biden administration from requiring private companies to force their workers to get the COVID vaccine. However, the court said the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers remains in effect. It's unclear what this means for people who have already been fired from their jobs for not getting vaccinated. Well, Prince Andrew will no longer be known as His Royal Highness in any official capacity and a stunning downfall as his family tonight abandoned him to fight his sex abuse lawsuit. In a statement, Buckingham Palace said that Andrew, who remains Duke of York, also loses his military titles and royal patronages with the Queen's approval and agreement. A rapper Kanye West is under investigation for allegedly punching a fan in downtown Los Angeles early this morning. A fan reportedly asked West for an autograph while he was sitting in his car. West allegedly punched the fan, who fell to the ground. Your forecast on the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, partly sunny today with a high near 44. The winds could get a little bit higher on 34 miles an hour, mostly clear later tonight with a low around 11. It's a chilly one. Wind chill values between negative 5 and 5 degrees. Right now, it's about 40 degrees outside. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano continues next. I'm Frank Diaz, and remember, the news never stops at WABCradio.com. 77 WABC. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's Frank Morano. Well, if you're driving, buckle up. Well, you should be buckled anyway, because business is about to pick up one of our favorite guests, one of our most provocative, one of our most entertaining, one of our most thought-provoking, has made her way into the studio this Friday morning. The lovely and talented Marlena Shivo, a veteran media producer, satirist, social critic. And before everyone had COVID, we used to say that she was a COVID survivor. But now we're all COVID survivors, at least those of us that are lucky enough to still listen to the show. Uh, Marlena, good morning. Good morning, Frank. How are you? I'm doing uh, I'm doing pretty well on the whole. On the whole, really? Yes. So I was listening on the sh- to the show on the way in, and I was My listening to your, in- <laughs> to your 
entire entire debate about the pig heart guy. Yes. What's your take on that? By the way, if people are just tuning in, um, the recipient of the very first pig heart turned out he stabbed somebody and paralyzed him for the rest of his life and ultimately led to his untimely death. And shockingly, the family of the person that he stabbed multiple times in this barroom brawl is not happy that he was the first pig heart recipient. Okay. So – I agree with the doctor who said that it's not their job to play God. They're right. there Kaplan, to yeah. yes, it's not the doctor's job to play God. But I have to say, there's there has to be certain circumstances where you almost cannot help yourself. Like if I was a female doctor in the ER and you rolled in Jeff Epstein, <laughs> I think I might turn into like Ivan Drago from Rocky Four. Like if he, if dies, he dies, he, he dies. dies. I like it. I like it. Or you know, or if like. You know, I'm sure this has been used before, but the whole, you know, if you're a doctor and Hitler rolls in, what do you do? Well, good thing you're not a doctor then. I mean, right? I mean, that's that's like item one on the Hippocratic. Well, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? (sighs) Well, look, there was a I hate to take cues from television, but I used to watch ER when Seinfeld was on, not because I was that into ER, but just because it was on after Seinfeld and all those other good shows. And there was one episode where there was, um, they are in an emergency room, and there's somebody, there's a some horrible miscreant, a violent criminal that is in need of a blood transfusion, and um, the doctor that uh, is played by Noah Wiley just makes a decision to auto transfuse where he gives him his own blood instead of fresh blood from somebody. And it was a very controversial decision. Now, ultimately the guy lived, but the guy, the doctor said to the people that were questioning him about this, that he couldn't have lived with himself. If somebody came in right after that, uh, a kid or an innocent person that needed that same blood type and they gave it to this horrible criminal. So I'm sure doctors do make decisions about that all the time, but I guess the, the, Overall, overriding part of the Hippocratic Oath is that you're supposed to help everybody. Um, uh, yeah, okay, I but get that. As, again, that's why I don't like to. That's why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> uh, well, that's one of the reasons. Yes. So um, you just mentioned Seinfeld. Um, do you watch Career Enthusiasm? Love at all? it. Okay. Yes, you know I love it. Come on. We've, yada, yada, we've talked yada, about yada. this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Off air, at least I think we have. Okay. Um, well. Did you see the episode where he said there's like a statue of limitations on saying Happy New Year? And I feel like everybody's saying Happy New Year. What's today's date? The 13th? 14th? Um, 14th. It's the 14th. You know, do, you, do you think all of January you can say Happy New Year to absolutely. somebody? That's my, that, and that was also a Seinfeld episode as well. I think once Martin uh, – you know what? I'll say Martin Luther King Jr. Day and afterwards, that's it. Your window's over at that point. Okay. So well, according we to Larry David, it's three days. No, I don't agree with that. I don't. What do you think? Three days is too short. I think the whole month of January is too Good. long. Uh, so how about my solution? You could split the baby like Chief Justice Roberts. Martin Luther King Jr. Day observed. It's smack dab right in the middle of January. Eh, I think maybe – I think you have about a week, maybe maybe a week and a half, depending if you haven't seen the person. Okay. All right. If, exactly. If you haven't seen the person, that's the thing. If, you, if, I, like, uh, if you've seen someone for a week straight, you shouldn't New Year them every day. Yeah. Right. Also – well, no one would – Maybe someone no, would. Some people, would. <laughs> some people would. But I actually don't even like saying Happy New Year that much. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even think it's that interesting of a thing to say. I feel like I say it because it's socially what you're supposed yeah, to I'm do. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But I'm like, do I, am I really wishing someone a Happy New Year the same way I would wish them a happy yeah, birthday? That's true. That's true. Right? That's true. You know, and it, it was funny. It was interesting. I was talking with Judge Napolitano yesterday off air to set up our interview, ask him to come on and stuff. 
And he he said Happy New Year to me in our private conversation. And then when we did our interview on the radio, he did it to me on the radio. So I do wonder, you know, maybe he, he New Yeared me twice. He violated the, the Marlena doctrine. By the way, if people want to weigh in on that, give us a call, 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. Uh, Molly is kind enough to pick up the mantle of phone screening because Ryan has been good enough to uh, play cameraman for the hour. You can't see what we're doing live, but you will be able to see it on uh, on Facebook, if you search Marlena Shivo, I'm going to share it on my Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash Fan, And as she always does, Marlena looks very fetching, so it's certainly worth watching the video, believe me. Now, uh, I want speaking of television and HBO shows, the very popular HBO show in the late 90s, early 2000s was uh, Sex City. Did you mm-hmm. watch it? Were you a fan at the time? I, I was. I was a big fan. And then I feel like once that started to sort of die off, or it actually went off the air, and then they made um, a movie event eventually, I feel like that's when the, all the real housewives sort of took over that 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 sort of like genre. So did you have was reality. curbed enthusiasm for when the show <laughs> came back as a film? Uh, no. Um, you were into it. I was into it, okay. actually. Um, yeah, because when you're a fan of something and then it finally comes back, sure. you, you want to see what happens to but all the I, characters. I feel like sometimes, um, uh, you know, I didn't watch the show, but people loved Will and Grace, right? And yes. Then, and then the show came back and nobody cared about it, I feel I like. Know, and I know. Murphy Brown, same thing. I know. And I wanted to watch the new Will and Grace because I always, I like that sitcom too. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's more like a timing thing. Right. My life has changed so dramatically in terms of schedules and everything else that like watching TV is now a novelty. Right. I get all of my information on the go i'm doing things in the middle of the night like it, it's insane my dvr is always at 99 percent. you know it's just I, the, I don't get to most that's of it one of the many reasons that i don't have a uh, a tivo or a dvr because i i feel i would feel so stressed that there's all <laughs> these shows built up on that i feel like it's it's a chore almost do, do you think it, it would cause you joint pain later in life i think like, it would <laughs> Like my credit card debt. I think it would. Uh, but so now there's this new Sex in the City series. It's yes. It's been controversial for a number of reasons. It was controversial because Kim Cattrall, sort of the, the sexiest of the four Sex in the City women, she's not in it. It was controversial because uh, of Peloton and they killed oh, someone. Yeah. It was controversial because Chris Knopf can't stop uh, sexually assaulting people and he's on the show. And it's uh, apparently got very mixed reviews from what I've seen. Have you been watching the show? I have been watching it. And um, I did get mixed reviews, but you know, people, other people seem to have a lot of time in their hands and get very, very involved in um, something like Chris Noth. I, mean, I couldn't care less about the whole pellet, him falling off, a pe- not falling off. He had a heart attack after getting off a Peloton. And that became controversial. I don't understand. No, no, there, I, there are more important things than, a, you know, a fake character having a fake heart, heart attack. But anyway, um, and as far as Kim Control not coming back, you know, that did not affect anything whatsoever, oh, okay. believe it or not. Right. Um, so it is pretty good. I, so you're liking it. it I do like it. Um, I will say a couple things. The Well, actually, let me start with this. There was a meme going around recently about um, the Golden Girls, their first season of Golden Girls, and now this season of... Sex in the City, and how they are exactly the same age. You're kidding. Yeah. That's funny. Actually, is that true? the Golden Girls are one year younger. Oh, that is. Respectively. Like, it's like, it's like everyone funny. on Sex in the City now is like 55, 56. And the one, and the, yeah, the Golden Girls were like 50, 
54, no, 53 and 54. That's hilarious. Something like that. That's funny. Yeah. You, but it is funny how, how the way we look at age does change. Like it has that, changed. A 55-year-old 25, 30 years ago, oh, forget about it. They, right. Put them out to pasture. Now they're in the prime of their, their lives. I remember Golden Girls, and I remember my grandmother being the age of the Golden Girls, and she was in her 50s, and it seemed, because of the hair and because of the style and because of the way, you know, the society was, it was just very different. They, she looked like them. You know, she definitely didn't look right. like, uh, you like know, Sarah Jessica Sarah Parker. Jessica Parker. That's no. very funny. Anyway, they have a lot. So speaking of age, they talk a lot about their age. It's like they want to say, well, I'm 55 and I'm blah, blah, blah. And like they, they, they've mentioned age on almost every episode. Well, what do you want from me? I'm 57 and da, 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 like that kind of thing. That I find very annoying. I find it very awkward and I don't even understand the point of it. It's like, what are we supposed to say? Wow, look at you. You're 55. I find that annoying when people do it in real life too. Do you, do you notice people do that in real life that, that they have to always say that they're so old, they're 65, they're 70, however old they are? It kind of. But I mean, I can take it from the older generation, yeah, much Older. No, not even 90. I mean, I would say, you know, um, there's a man that works out in my gym class and he's like 60. He doesn't say it egregiously, but he definitely mentions mm-hmm. it a few times. Anyway, all right, moving on from the age. They have hit every woke topic. <sighs> that you can actually think of they've hit you know the um the gender uh g- gender fluidity mm-hmm. so there's like a podcast host she's actually very funny and good but um she's I was not- just reading about this in the New York Post was Che 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 Diaz is her like yes character. her name on the show Got yeah it. that's her character she's non-binary she actually happens to be non-binary in real life as of a year ago um but so she's non-binary and then she has a button and when she hits it, it says, whenever somebody says something that's even remotely woke, she's like, it says woke moment. Woke mo-, and it's like, or. Well, that's funny. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's like so over the top. Okay. Uh-huh. Then we have another character, uh, Charlotte, whose daughter, one of her daughters is uh, becoming a they. And they're dealing with that in the New York school system and everything else and the way the school's dealing with it. It's like they've, and then, and then with um, Miranda's character, Cynthia Nixon's character, uh, she's back to school learning about race. Now, I know Cynthia Nixon is a uh, lesbian in real life. Correct. Is she a lesbian on the show? Well, actually, she's married to a man on the show, but she... It, are you even going to watch it? No, but I don't want you to spoil it for people that might. Okay, is, is well... Is there some yes, gay stuff? That, that, okay, so don't, yep, don't say. So things don't that say. she's going to turn okay. into Cynthia Nixon. Okay, so, so she's on her way. All right. So, um... It's good. I mean, it's it, it's fine. I just I can't tell if the show is purposely being woke in almost an ironic way, and because it's so overt, or if they're being dead serious and just the feedback has been sort of the people are not making fun of it, but they're definitely noting how over the top woke they're making this entire thing. And the um, original Sex and the City, I didn't watch the original show, but they were not woke. Right. Well, woke wasn't woke. Right. Right. Okay. Right? Well, they wouldn't be considered woke by today's I mean, standards. I mean, look, they were they were New York City. Okay. But the other thing is, they do do this in a way where they're like, "Oh, remember during the pandemic when we did it? You know, last year during the pandemic, and New York City looks perfect the way it used to look <laughs> in Sex and the City back in the day. Not one person wears a mask. The main character, Sarah Jessica Parker, had to get a medical procedure. There's no masks. Not one mask. No one mentions it. They mention it in a way where it's like, remember when we couldn't hug anymore? And they mention it as if it was the year before. So it's all in real time. I see. But New York, 
is so not New York. So, no filth, no people getting shot all the time, no yeah, carjackings. And, I, and I'm like, where are the critics on this? Not That's that funny. I want to see funny. that. No one does. However, I did spot something the other day because you cannot shut down New York entirely to film. There was somebody coming by. Walking by, or not walking by, in a cab in the back seat, and you see a mask on the oh. face. So that was just okay. someone. Well, who... that's an element of realism. Although yeah. you know, the shows that have been taking that have taken place in New York, a lot of times they're not a realistic depiction of New York. I remember one of the criticisms of both Seinfeld and Friends was that, by and large, there were no black people on those shows. I mean, they they uh, they were a couple of black characters on Seinfeld. But it was a, a novelty. I mean, it was very rare uh, in a city that where there are plenty of black people. Mm-hmm. So there's always a little bit of that. So there's a lot of wokeness. And it's funny. I was talking with Joe Ganascoli just now, uh, who was a gay character on The Sopranos. And he said if they were doing that show now, they probably would have given him a hard time for being a straight actor playing a gay character, which we're now seeing more and more of. Actually, it's funny you should uh, mention that because Willie Garson, who's a character on Sex in the City, he's like the gay best friend of, of Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm. who recently passed away from cancer, right? Not Sarah Jessica Parker, Willie Garson. <laughs> Willie Garson, yes. yes. During, yes. Um, he p- plays a like, flamboyantly gay character, and for years he actually kept his straight like his you know heterosexuality a secret to not offend oh interesting exactly what so he, you're saying yeah he was a closeted so, straight person so before woke yeah he was a, exactly exactly wow well um well i'm sorry that he died anyway uh but um so the sex in the city re- uh, reboot it sounds like you give it a, a tepid thumbs up in spite of its overwokeness i just want to know if the wokeness is supposed to be funny or if they're being dead serious. Got it. Got it. Uh, well, that's a good question. But I, I give it a thumbs up. If you're right. a fan, watch it. All right. Speaking of sex and the scandals, Prince Andrew is heavily immersed in both. Prince Andrew is the is the kind of the royal brother of Ch- Prince Charles that people really didn't seem to care about until he was embroiled in all these Epstein scandals. And it looks like there's some some credible allegations that he might have been involved in some shenanigans with Jeffrey Epstein. He's now been Stripped of his title, and it's not some sort of weird sexual thing. He's not even a duke anymore. I mean, talk about a disgrace to, to your family to not even be a duke. <laughs> uh, your reaction to what we're seeing with uh, with Prince Andrew? Well, you know what's interesting is that I don't, and I've told you this before, I'm not a fan of the royals. Right. I've never ne- been, I. and I'm still not. Even though this happened, I'm still not. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are obsessed with this. They are obsessed with the whole thing with Harry. Right. Juliet Huddy was. He was the biggest royal watcher I know. Is the biggest royal watcher. Okay. So now, so since that whole thing, since they left the, the you yeah. know, the family and now they're in California and whatever, even that didn't interest me. Right. The only reason I watched the interview with Oprah, with Harry and Meghan Markle was just because... I because it existed and mm. I, and people kept talking about it and I wanted to be able to formulate an opinion and I think you and I talked about it maybe. However, when this came out, I literally read, read four lines and I went, "Wow, I really still don't care about the royal family." But mm. what I do think is important here is that people are being held accountable and things are go- moving in the right direction in that way. It you know, um, you know, Jeff Epstein took the easy way out. We think. <laughs> he definitely did. Either right. way, he you know, got out. It wasn't and, a result of a an unethical emergency room doctor, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> and now, you know, it was uh, – now people are falling like dominoes, and that's fine. I think it's good that um, – I think the queen taking her stance was a good thing. I mean, is I this know. that much of a punishment, though, not, not to be a duke? 
Well, he's under investigation. Uh-huh. So who knows? There might be more punishments down the line. Yeah, I but, have a feeling. But it just goes to show that people have already convicted him. Right. Right. That's yeah. true. Uh, but I have a feeling that uh, however this investigation turns out, he's still going to end up being at liberty and pretty wealthy and, and pretty famous. I, I think this is the kind of punishment that given what he's alleged to have done, I think he's still he, going to be a royal jerk. I, I think that's true. All right. Speaking of foreign affairs, and I want to get your take on what's happening um, with covid. But an Australian man apparently cannot leave Israel for 8000 years over unpaid child support. Noam Hoopert says that he's subject to a travel ban until the year 9999 because he owes 1.8 million pounds to his ex-wife. Is this too extreme a penalty in your judgment? <laughs> I mean, I, I almost think that it's um, it's just silliness. It's just it's almost like they're making a case of him. Um, I, I, I when I read that, I was like, wow, you know, I thought it was egregious that the FDA asked for 75 years to release data um, on Pfizer and this guy's getting 8,000 years for uh, a non-paid child support um, of travel ban. Um, Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I think, but I also think, again, here is your come to Jesus moment. It's like, you know what? Stop. People, men and people in general who are um, committing crimes like this and everything else need to be need to be held accountable for it, you know, um, instead of just having a slap on the wrist. I think that, I don't know, I'm not very invested in this guy and his, like, right. woes. I, I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Uh, but 1.8 billion or million p- pounds is a lot of is a it, lot of money. It's... And he claims that he was paying it. Right. Um, and they just stuck the, not you know, the, the 8,000 years on there because it was the maximum that the court could do. Somebody hates him. Apparently, this this person, like Judge Napolitano said, probably should have recused him or herself <laughs> because they obviously right. hate this person. You would think so. You would think so. Uh, but um, apparently, his relationship with his ex spouse deteriorated. She moved back. You don't say. <laughs> To Israel from Australia about 11 years ago, and their children were aged three months and five years. He followed in 2012 and says he was not able to leave for any reason, including work, since this uh, this court ruling. So uh, you'd think they'd be able to work something out here, I would hope. He doesn't sound like he has to work. He has $1.8 million. <laughs> no, not really. $1.8 million. Pounds. Um, I don't know. I mean, hey. Uh, I mean, she moved with her kids. That's crazy. Uh, a ton of COVID stuff that I know you are itching to talk about. However, first, I have to ask you about a story that I found very— Oh, by the way, I'm not itching to talk about it. I never want to speak of COVID again. Uh, it I makes me speak right. of Society it. Society is, is calling <laughs> upon you to, yes. to speak on it. But this was—you um, know, some, the New York Times has these interesting sort of ethical questions where people write in. I don't, I don't even know if people are really writing in. But there was a question in the social cues column in the— New York Times, and um, I'm going to read it, and I'll let people come to their own conclusions about how they would react to this. But I want to ask, as a mother yourself, I mean, obviously, your daughters are much younger than the daughter being written about here. I want to ask how you would handle this situation. This is what this person writes to the New York Times. My 30-year-old daughter is in a polyamorous relationship with a married man. She brought him home for the holidays, and while he was charming, I felt uncomfortable. 
This may have been triggered by my my husband's infidelity that led to our divorce. Now, my daughter tells me she would like to bring this man on our family trip to Greece this year. It may be petty, but I don't want to foot the bill for another woman's husband. And I don't see any way this relationship can lead to my daughter's happiness. Should I lay out my boundaries and risk my daughter not joining me on the vacation? Signed, Mom. How would you react if you were giving this woman advice? Oh, um, I that this is a tough one because I am not a fan of God. I'm outing myself. I am not a fan of, you know, uh, the the polyamory lifestyle, whether you're on a you know, you're part of a Latter-day Saints compound out in Utah or if you're just someone who chooses to do this. It's not my cup of tea, so I think I would have been resistant to the relationship from the beginning. So I would have terrible advice for this woman. I know that the response is that you have to respect the daughter. She's 30 years old, can make decisions for herself. As far as Greece is concerned, I, I'm not in charge of her budget. That's up to her. Does she want her daughter in Greece with her or not? That that's that's she, she you know she could play that card and say she just wants to have a family vacation without significant others since she's not technically married to this guy. Um, but yeah, I don't think, um, I don't think I would love this situation for my kids. I can't imagine that most people that are non-polyamorous would love this situation, but what do you do if it's your, your child? Your, your view is what? That you would pay for her, not the boyfriend slash other woman's husband, you pay for nobody. You're on your own. I want to know if this woman had a conversation. See, I would be speaking to my kids. Right, not like, writing to the I don't. Yeah, I don't think I would take time out to like write to um, the New York Times or uh, about this. I would have to have a conversation with my uh, girls. And hopefully the conversations I have from now up until the time they're in relationships, they'll make choices that I won't have to write to the New York Times about. Well, it is interesting. Uh, this is what uh, the writer says, uh, pretty much w- what you just alluded to, that, you know, put aside the trip to Greece and your cheating ex-husband. Unlike him, people in polyamorous arrangements usually set ground rules with their partners for opening their relationships to others. No one is cheating. Sometimes I wonder about that. If people who are supposedly in polyamorous relationships are claiming that there are certain allowances that aren't really allowed. But uh, the New York Times writer says, no one is cheating. Try to understand as best you can what your daughter likes about this arrangement and how it satisfies her. And then this writer says to the mom, read up on polyamory before you broach the subject with her. I would say, look, you know, I mean, I don't know how much money this woman has, but I would say, look, I'm happy to pay for you to come to Greece, but you know your husband, your this other woman's husband or your boyfriend. He's on his own. He's got to pay for himself if he yeah. wants to come. That I mean, be my view. Uh, or or does he have to come at all? I don't yeah. know. The girl's thirty. I don't. I don't know. Okay, I don't fair know. Enough. I know. I know. I know. It's hard. It's hard for me to jump ahead that much to be honest because I'm so protective of my kids, but they're so little, and so I don't even know how that. I've questioned how I'm even going to let them go in cars with people and what age that happens. And right. You know, I have an eight year old who's already asking when she can have a phone. I mean, these are decisions that I can't even make now. And you're asking me about polyamory. Fair enough. Fair so enough. it is just too far gone for me. At this fair point. enough. All right. Uh, we're going to continue with Marlena Shivo in just a minute. Before we do, we are going to give you an opportunity to win $1,000. If you can answer 
10 questions in 60 seconds. All you have to do is answer 10 trivia questions in 60 seconds. Be the seventh caller now to 1-800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. We're going to do very easy trivia questions. And then we'll we'll see if Marlena would have won the 1,000 if she was a contestant on the show. She's ineligible because of our pre-existing relationship. Now... If you're not lucky enough to win the $1,000, but you'd still like a little financial security, then I have one word for you. You remember The Graduate where the word was plastics? Forget about plastics. Here's the word. Gold. Gold is really great. Gold is never going to be worth nothing. Come on. We know this. The dollar is rapidly approaching nothing. The rate of inflation is the highest it's been in 40 years. Go to the grocery store. Go to fill your gas tank. Try to buy anything, and you'll see how much more expensive things are now as opposed to two years ago, three years ago. We can discuss why that's the case. Like usual, there's probably a variety of causes. However, there's no doubt about what you can do to fight inflation. It's like Gerald Ford used to say, win, whip inflation now. Gold, silver, and precious metals are your ticket to fighting inflation. And the folks that you can do that with are legacy precious metals. Legacy precious metals are the gold specialists. And if you have an existing retirement account, you might want to think about rolling it in to a gold or a silver IRA. And if you do that, do it with Legacy Precious Metals. These guys know what they're doing. Call 866-932-0635. That's 866-932-0635. Or you can visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can request some free information. When you do that, tell them you heard about it from me. Frank Morano, LegacyPMInvestments.com. We'll continue with uh, the $1,000 Minute and Mar- Marlena Schiavo straight ahead. Happy New Year. Eh, it's a little late, frankly, for the Happy New Year's, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too long. A statute of limitations is kind of run out on the New Year's. Three days. Plenty. Three days. WABC. Today, 77 WABC celebrates the Russian New Year. And 77 WABC is celebrating from Red Square to Times Square all day long. New Year's in Russia is about a lot of food, lots of salads, traditional Russian food, and celebrating the New Year's. Featuring celebrities, interviews, entertaining and informative talk. Today, 77 WABC celebrates the Russian New Year. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC. One, two, get down. The great James Brown, look at me, hardest working man you know what in show see. business. He is uh, missed Bang. to this day. I remember when he died. I almost cried when he died. Uh, to think of all the great work and, that me. he was left not you know not see. yet produced. All right. Um, it is time for Bang. one lucky contestant to try his hand at trivia because it's time for... The Other Side of Midnight presents... It's the $1,000 Minute. 
answer 10 questions correctly in one minute, and you could win $1,000. Here's your host, Frank Murano. Uh, let's say hello to today's contestant, Steve in Manhattan. Hello, Steve. Hi, hi, hi. Steve, uh, now you're not the guy that uh, chants Go Buchanan Go, are you? No. No. So uh, I understand you're a jeweler. Is that accurate? Yep. Uh, now, is what I'm saying about gold correct? Is gold the the thing to buy right now? Mm, it's, you know, it, 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 it's up to its new level. and It goes up and down around $50. You know, if it's going to go to... 3,000 an ounce? I don't know. None of us knows. That's true, Steve. That's true. Very wise words. Did you hear the beginning of the show when I tried my hand at playing this game? I did not. All right. Well, I was eliminated on the second question, so hopefully you <laughs> fare better than I do. And I only lost a dollar, so uh, you stand to gain $999 more than that. You familiar with the game, Steve? Yep. Okay. So if you answer a question correctly, um, you, we're just going to move on to the next question and uh, we'll get through these quickly okay okay ready to go yep what does a snow plow push snow what organ in your body pumps blood the heart what jeopardy host passed away in 2020 alex Trebek. who preceded ronald reagan as president of the united states carter who chased moby dick Captain Ahab. What world-famous Parisian museum is home to the Mona Lisa? The, um, the Louvre. Name one of the three Major League Baseball teams that Babe Ruth played for. The Red Sox. What university did I attend? Oh, jeez. You got me. Take a guess. Take a guess. You're doing great. Uh, Columbia. Ah, uh, unfortunately not. Unfortunately, you did very well though. Seven correct. The correct answer was uh, New York University. Uh, I am a proud mm, fighting mom, violent. Yeah. Uh, you did well, Steve. Steve, I'm curious if you would have gotten the second, the next question. Uh, and again, you lost, so we're not giving you the thousand dollars. I'm sorry, but I'm just curious. What is the name of the tallest mountain in the world? Ah, uh, you wouldn't have gotten that right either. All right, so I'm going to put you on hold. The uh, lovely and gracious Molly will take your information, and you will uh, be the. We'll, we'll send you a consolation prize. So uh, well done, uh, Steve. Uh, but uh, the, uh, at least people are getting farther in this contest now. If you want to uh, purchase anything, go to wabcradiostore.com. You can get hats and other other side of midnight merchandise. What are you going to say? How would you have done? You would have done well, I think. I think I would have done. I definitely would have gotten NYU. Um, I, I think the mo. I think I would have been stumped on Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Really? Yeah. You never read Moby Dick? No. Okay. All right. Well, no. um, Ahab. Ahab got as well. All right. Well, see, I'm, I'm glad people are doing better in this. Now, Marlena Shivo is here. You could find her on all forms of uh, social media. Now, uh, I remember you were in this big legal dispute uh, over your website or of an article that you had published on your website years ago. <laughs> Has that all that. been revol- resolved? It wasn't you? that. It was a photo that I used of Donald Trump that the AP said I did not uh, license. And they uh, like backdated it all the way to 2013. Jeez. And wanted to charge me um, an upwards of like two thousand dollars by the end of like 
the beginning of them notifying me to the end was probably a full three months, and it started at seven hundred and went to two thousand. And then, that's crazy. Yeah, that's they crazy. got resolved, and I did not pay a dime. And uh, so, Molly, you're going to take Steve's information, please. Thank you. Oh, and uh, my wife is asking, what is the tallest mountain? The tallest mountain is uh, Mount Everest. Mount Everest, is the tallest mountain. There you go. That I knew. Yeah. No, no, no. I think a lot of people knew that. That's why I've been trying to pick easier questions so that people can feel better about this and at least uh, at least try and win something. Now, um, you are a parent. You have also been quite critical of vaccine mandates. You've been quite critical of uh, vaccine passports. You've been critical of a lot of things that relate to what I'll call COVID culture. There you go. What has it been like for you as a parent in school these days? Well, you know, it was fine up until this whole uh, new variant thing came along. And I just knew that once they started talking about this new variant that isn't really an issue, um, but the case, cases are going through the roof because it's super transmissible, even though everybody's just getting like a cold or, or whatever. If that. if that. If that. I got a presumptive positive. I didn't even have a sniffle. Right. So regardless of that, you know, as soon as Governor Murphy... In New Jersey, decided. Oh, what well, we've got one Omicron case in New Jersey. Oh, no, re- I under I I understand him now. But when he speaks, I already know. <laughs> I could see the first lie that will lead to the second lie, and I've started making predictions. It's not science. It's not uh, rocket science. I should say to predict these things from him. Um, and I knew that this was going to lead to the extension of a mask mandate in school that was set to expire on on uh, January 11th. Um, he wanted to extend his, um, you know executive powers for 90 days they did deny him that which was a good sign but i also think it was kind of like theater in the end for steve sweeney the uh senate Senate president yeah who's on his way out i think he just wanted to make a big you know splash on his way out because he's so wounded by his defeat his narrow defeat by a truck driver um nothing against truck drivers we have a lot of listeners no but he's not he's the the the, the guy didn't lose to abraham lincoln he didn't lose to another politician or somebody who right so um anyway the point is is that so all of that's going on, and that informs the schools on what they can and can't do. So he still has all of this crazy control. Now, he, since they wouldn't grant him the 90 days, and they went back and forth once, um, they he ended up just declaring another state of emergency so he can continue, you know, abusing his So powers. as it stands now, New Jersey students are subjected to this mask mandate. Mask mandates, yes, correct. And then all these, like, weird guidelines from the CDC um, that make no sense. Okay, so I forwarded you the letter that I got from the principal um, that said that someone was, you know, COVID positive in my younger daughter's class and that... And how um, old is she again? She's, uh, she'll be five, five in a couple of weeks. So, and that the options were as follows. 10-day quarantine, no testing. Five-day quarantine. Ten day, quarantine means she has to stay home from school? Stay home from school. Now, thankfully, this came down on a, uh, a, a, a snow day. So that was day one. So, but you could, so they said you could test day one, which would have been the snow day, day three and day five. And they call it test to stay. And this comes down from the CDC, right? <laughs> okay. So then, um, and obviously, if anybody is vaccinated in the school, any children, uh, they um, don't have to do anything if they are asymptomatic and they, they, they don't do anything. Or if your child has Do they had, still have to wear the mask? 
Yes. Okay, but they, it, they but, don't have to stay home from school. Got it. Um, and then if your ch- uh, if your child had COVID within the last ninety days, which they would never know if my child did because I would never tell them at this point because I don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, then they don't have to because there's some arbitrary rule that they have antibodies for three months. Well, how do they know if someone's just lying if their child had COVID? Or not? They would want proof. I see. They well, would you, say, "Well, where? Wait, 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 was your child in school and they had COVID?" <laughs> like, so you almost can't lie about that. Right. Got it. You can maybe never test your child and then no one would know. But um, so or the other option was test on day five of, quote, current, you know, you know, them staying home. And if the test is negative, send them to school on day six. And all you have to do is take a home rapid test um, uh, and send in a picture of the negative test. OK, so very Think- much the honor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The honor system. But also they have a testing clinic on site now that just. Um, opened at our school, which I would never do. So what was the option that you selected? I selected a um, um, to turn in a negative test on day five <laughs> and to write a scathing editorial on Substack. How do people find you on Substack, by the way? Um, just go to Substack and put in my name. Marlena Shivo, S-C-H-I-A-V-O. So you yes. submitted a negative test. I did submit a negative test on day five, and okay. I sent her back to school. So she went back to school on on Wednesday, which was day six. And then on day seven, which was Thursday, yesterday, I get another – the whole class gets another note. Someone has tested positive. Now, my child's already in school. The nurse will be in touch for your options. The options were um, they can go right down to the nurse's office and get a test with your approval. Um, you can pick them up, give them a home test, and take them back to school tomorrow if the test is negative. It can t- counts as day one, and you can and that opts you into the test to stay, or the obviously everything else I just named, which would you yeah. know, follow. So I obviously did not want um, my child to go to the nurse's office to get tested, um, considering that my editorial is stop obsessively testing for COVID. It's 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 so it's so bizarre to me. Um, so I actually went to this. You said I, so. The nurse called, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to come down there, and I'm going to ask my daughter what she wants to do. Even though mm. she's very little, she'll understand. And so she comes down, and they and I said, do you want to do this? And she was like, what is it? And I all I said was COVID test, and she screamed. I'm like, there's your answer. And I had to get and I had to take her home. And so she's going to be home for the next ten days, well, three days, four days, um, nine days. That remains to be seen what's going to happen with okay. that because well. tomorrow's Friday. I mean, today's Friday, so she has the weekend and then it's it's a uh, Monday's a holiday. So technically Tuesday's day six. Right. OK. All right. So she may just be able to go back to school with another negative. With test. another negative test. Very interesting. Yes. Uh, in general, how would you say these schools in New Jersey are handling the covid situation? Um, unfortunately, their hands are tied. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the principal. Sure, she loves me, but um, you know, and I don't give her too much. Although, did you see my reaction to that? I I did, I did ask her if uh, gouging my own eyeballs out was an option. <laughs> um, in addition to, I don't mean to laugh, but it is. But it's true. Funny. But I yeah. had to. Resp- I'm like, no, no, no. I can't. I cannot hold it back anymore. It's driving me crazy. But she. But she is. She. This is being passed down to her, and then she, it's not being created by her, right? So then it's coming from Murphy. So this is all my. You know, this is all my Murphy anger. Um, it's just so arbitrary. It makes no sense. Um, as arbitrary as, and I don't want to get into the whole mandate things. I know you talked to the mm-hmm. judge about this, about the, uh, you know. The Supreme Court The decision. Supreme Court decision. But it is so um, arbitrary that they would even 
well, A, it was unconstitutional what they did now that health care workers, which is a business, have to still have mandated um, you right. know, vaccines Mandates or are okay for this category of business, but not these categories. Because it's been proven that you can have COVID as a vaccinated person and pass it along to other. So if, even if a nurse is vaccinated and she ha- she could still have COVID, work in the hospital and give it to a patient. So. It, 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 it makes absolutely no sense. So I feel the same way about the schools. You say the vaccinated kids can stay if they don't have symptoms, but they could be passing on COVID they to be, everybody just right. as easily. They could as your have daughter. a runny nose, and that's the other problem. Stop testing your kids just because they have a runny nose or a cough. Don't do it. Well, I'm of the belief that whether it's children or adults. Nobody should be being tested right now I, because like, if you're sick, right, what, and you're sick because of COVID anything. or the flu or anything that leads you to cough, sneeze, sniss, you're sniss, staying sniss, home anyway. You should stay home and right. not infect everybody. Um, uh, if, uh, if you're not sick, right. then I mean. Well, everybody's been super brainwashed to do this. And this is why I said in my piece that you're complying to yourself. No one is telling you because you coughed, you sneezed, you don't feel well that you have to test for COVID. Right. Unless you have to jump through one of these hoops for, say, travel or something. That's different. But I'm talking about these parents who are testing their kids or – and, of course, if you're like a teacher, obviously they're mm-hmm. making you test if you're not vaccinated. But you're just doing it on your own. No one asked you to do it. And then you're disrupting everybody's lives because your kid – has a runny nose. They're calling that runny nose COVID. And now I'm getting letters. I have to send in negative tests and everything else. Anyway, so I find it so absurd. It, you know, so and it's Particularly not Particularly when uh, Justice Sotomayor says there's 100,000 COVID pa- uh, children that are seriously ill. Yeah. Uh, in this vein, yeah. a Texas mother yeah. uh, has been in charge with endangering a child after she apparently placed her 13-year-old son who had COVID into her car's trunk to avoid being exposed to the virus. That's according to a warrant from the Harris County District Attorney's Office. Sarah Beam was charged after authorities arrived at a Houston-area COVID testing site on January 3rd following a report that a health services official had found the child in the trunk of this woman's car. Your, your reaction. Well, that's the hysteria right there. Okay, so this woman, well, she's obviously unhinged because yes. no mother would do this to their child. I don't care what they have. Um, so here's, here's this kid. He's 13. He obviously tested positive for COVID at some point. She's driving to another testing site for further testing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's trying to find. Puts him in a trunk so she can, quote unquote, isolate him from her. I don't know what happened between the point of maybe leaving him home and her going to this testing site or getting over it altogether. Either way, I think it's completely insane. And it's so I don't want to say this is indicative of everybody, but this is the hysteria. Right. Like you, you, you're making right. people think that if they get exposed to covid, something absolutely horrible is going to happen to them and everyone around them. Uh, lastly, on the covid front, Mayor Eric Adams, who has been very, very vocal about wanting children in school, in person, in school. And uh, he is now saying, as of yesterday, that his administration is open to a remote learning option uh, because apparently there's a something like a 25 percent absentee rate. Uh, what, what do you think of Mayor Adams being open to this option of allowing kids to learn from home? No. I mean, I just think that they should um, 
I understand, but I think that this is a slippery slope. I, I, I hate the virtual option. I think it's a terrible option for kids. I had to live through it in 20, uh, whatever it was, 2020 when we, oh no, no, the end, yeah, beginning of 2020 right. was like the whole end of the school year. And then going into the next school year, we went in and out of virtual. The kids aren't learning. The kids aren't paying attention. It's impossible. The, the, the parents are hostages in their own home to, and, and, and there's a window from the classroom into your home at all times. So like you forget and then you're like in a robe or you're, whatever it is. It's, it's, um, not structured. It's not productive. It's not good for the kids. That's why all of this has to just go away. It has to go away. Uh, now, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble by saying this. I certainly hope not. But uh, the Bernie and Sid show, like many of the shows here, they do a live video stream mm-hmm. of the various shows. And uh, we've done our show from time to time. And uh, apparently we're not on YouTube right now because YouTube determined that we have a strike against us for putting out misinformation on December 1st. I don't know what the nature of the informa- misinformation was, but a lot of the people around here were theorizing that it had something to do with COVID. As somebody that's questioned a lot of the government mandates on both a federal level and a state level, uh, have you seen any of the things that you've produced or put on social media be subject to this kind of big tech? Yeah, it's actually it's it's been suppressed. Like you'll see if I put something up on reels, um, I I had it. it, it, it kind of went away for a little while and then it came back and then so they bury it so people can't like actually see it. Something odd has been happening on Facebook too where um, I make not everything but most things public and um, and some of my posts private. So if you go to the option on Facebook, um, a button that says view as, you can view it as someone who is not connected to you, not a friend of yours on Facebook but can see what they – and you can see what they can see in terms of what's public and what isn't. So you can adjust whatever you want. At a certain point, all of my public stuff is not there, even mm. though it's so clearly public. You'll see the hashtag. You'll see the con- you'll see the um, the actual caption, but you won't see the video. It's always a video. You'll never see the video. Even the stuff that we did, the very benign things when we didn't want to talk about COVID, we right. want to do something fun around Thanksgiving. We're t- literally talking about Thanksgiving, Christmas trees, and and me not baking a cake for Rita Cosby. <laughs> I mean, th- these were the topics, but you can't even see any of them after a certain point. So at some point, somewhere Facebook decided even my public posts cannot be public. You could share them. You could share them if you're my friend and, you so will, and those people could see them. But if you are not my friend on Facebook, any of my public posts will stop at a certain point And all you'll see is words. I look like an insane person. Before you leave, um, the Academy Awards mm. is going to have a host this year. The nominees come out February 8th for the films. And uh, this is going to be the first time the Oscars have had a host since 2018. Back then, we remember uh, Kevin Hart was canceled for some jokes that he'd made about 20 years ago. And now um, there's a lot of speculation about who should host. Some people suggesting Pete Davidson. Uh, what do you think of the idea of the Oscars having a host again? Do you care? And two, if you were to pick a host, given your background as a producer, including for live events, who would you pick if you were producing the Oscars? Okay. I don't care is the answer to the question about the Oscars. However, um, this this whole um, suggestion of Pete Davidson, I'm not into whatsoever. And this is not a popular opinion. I know a lot of people like Pete Davidson. I don't dislike him. I don't think that he's 
ready to host the Oscars. Yeah, and I've I know, never it, really. I know they want to bring in a younger dem- demographic, but um, they also need to bring in someone who's talented and versatile. And, and I just don't, I don't see it that I could be completely wrong. I think that ever since he started dating um, first Ariana Grande and mm. now Kim Kardashian, it, his stock went up. And he even said it himself jokingly, sort of not so jokingly one time when he was with Ariana Grande. He went on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and he said he he was awkward. He was very awkward. He came out. He was acting awkwardly. And Jimmy Fallon's kind of trying to make up for that awkwardness. He's like, come on, let's face it. The only reason I'm here is because I'm dating Ariana Grande. Like, otherwise, I would never be sitting in this seat, which is, you know, an interesting thing to say. Probably true. Um, But. Honestly, and this is probably not a popular opinion, especially because of politics these days. Maybe she's not as young as she used to be, but she's so funny. It's Sarah Silverman. Oh, I think she would be a great. That, that isn't interesting. Uh, that that is interesting. I hadn't I hadn't heard her uh, bandied about, but I, I think she's a, a fine choice. If you look at, uh, I, I think it was Judd Apatow that tweeted. He would love to see uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short co-host the show, which I'd really like. I remember when Steve Martin co-hosted with your friend Alec Baldwin, (laughs) the person you like, Alec Baldwin. And uh, I thought I thought I always love Steve Martin and to team him with Martin Short, I think would be great. I mean, to be honest, I I was thinking about Alec Baldwin also if you were to go with a male host because no one wants to get killed. But a there's too much controversy around him, but he is. Of the ABC family, so right. that would be a decent pick. He's also very funny, and he, he does really well with a live audience. And I just think that he would be a great pick. But if they're looking for a younger demographic, he's not it. And so obviously, like I'm aging right. in that yeah. way. And they want people to survive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on, you you really hold him accountable? No, well, yes, a little bit as the producer. And um, you'd think before you pull a trigger, you know, you would. I don't know, make sure that there was not a loaded... But that was the job of someone else. Agree. I I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Absolutely. Uh, But But they were in a field. He could have gone the other direction, shot it a few times and said, you guys, this gun is not going to work. That's kind of what I'm saying. (laughs) I I hate guns, but go ahead. Um, But um, we'll see what happens. Uh, So one vote for Sarah Silverman from Marlena. One vote for um, Steve for Steve Martin and Martin Short from me, and I'm not sure who is really banging the drum for Pete Davidson, but that is what that is what the internet wants. The internet wants you to be in favor of Pete Davidson. And unfortunately, James Corden is with CBS, and I don't know how they would cross pollinate that, that way. I guess they could, but he's very good. He, I mean, he is know, extremely a, funny. That's actually a great thought. It is, yeah. but but that's. I mean, how could how could ABC pick him over? They could do their it. Uh, David Letterman was working for CBS when he co when he hosted the Oscars for Arrival Network. So well, they could do it. They could do whatever they want. Yeah, I guess so. They could do it. Uh, Marlena, this has been a delight. Um. Okay. What, I you, accept that. Okay. All right. Well, follow Marlena Shiavo on all forms of social media. I certainly do. You will not be disappointed. Uh, for those of you that would like to be heard for 15 seconds, you can call in right now, 800-848-9222. I will see you soon. You will see me very soon, probably in about five minutes. I'll look forward to that. All right. I have to stick around for the 7 a.m. meeting anyway. We'll see if we can uh, test whether or not they are checking the vodka levels in the freezer <laughs> and, uh, and maybe put that to the test. Now, uh, for those of you that are less interested in vodka and more interested in better gut health, you can check out Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. It's a terrific product that is a gentle daily cleanse that tastes great and works to get things <clears throat> moving.
if you know what I mean. Uh, it's no secret that a lot of us have had difficulty in our digestive process because of stress. The more we learn about stress, the more we learn that it can be hazardous to your di- digestive health. And if you're feeling stopped up and bloated, that's never a good thing, and Life Change Tea can help you. It's all natural. It's non-GMO. One package lasts you an entire month, and it's only available by logging on to the website getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Use the promo code Frank for free shipping. That's promo code F-R-A-N-K. Time to feel some relief while you're there. Check out all the other great products designed for your optimum health. Don't miss out. Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Promo code Frank. It is the tea that makes you go. W-A-B-C. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the policies or positions of WABC Radio, its management, or its sponsors. That's what everybody's talking about. Talking about Judge Janine Pirro. Sunday morning at 11. It's the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday morning show. Judge Janine Pirro. On 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You're hearing things, you're hearing things, on Tend to be the people that start most of the conversations. Sometimes John Antis will come in there. But um, feel free to be a conversation starter and then respond to all the, the other st- conversation starters. We are encouraging people to post more relevant photos so we can get that photo that that guy posted of his pit bull bite off the main group page. All right. Uh, you want to stay in touch with me over the weekend? You can email me, frank.morano at wabcradio.com. But if you want to be heard for 15 seconds, now's the time because it's time for... The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. Mike in New Jersey. Morning, Frank. Frank, in 2019, if you wore a mask into a bank, you might be perceived a criminal. In 2022, if you don't wear a mask into a bank, you are a criminal. My, how things have changed. Robert in Manhattan. Uh, Billy Crystal and uh, Martin Short doing a solo. Mike in New Rochelle. Frank, I finally found out why Larry King had no neck. He wanted to be head and shoulders above the rest. Boom. Neil on Staten Island. When the president is so far gone that he addresses the vice president as the president, it's time for Congress to remove him from office and put that cackling imbecile Kamala Harrison as president. Stay classy, Neil. Bob in Queens. 
Yes, when are the Republicans going to get off this idea that the election was stolen? Now I see another report by Mike Lindell saying that over 300 million people were in on this uh, electioneering. This is outrageous. This has to stop. The election was not stolen. Get over it. Tom in Freeport. She's a moron. She's a moron. Fred in Yonkers. Hey, Frank, you interviewed Dick Cabot, Dick Buckus. You interviewed Dick Cheney. You interviewed Dick... Whatever. And then he never interviewed Richard Hurd. <laughs> Ted in Forest Hills. Hey, there's no interstellar uh, flight. So there was no aliens. And that Peregrine Falcon is the fastest animal. Thank you. God bless you. God is blessed. Think of how long it would take to take a train to an interstellar place. Bob in the Bronx. We the Janine Machine by Richard Blasberg and TwistedJusticeCNN.com. Janine Machine by Richard Blasberg and TwistedJusticeCNN.com. Janine Pierre is a criminal arbiter of fraud and citizen news. He got the prison. Carol in New Jersey. Hi there, friends. Oh, my God. These callers, they're amazing. Um, anyway, I agree with you. I think that the Hitchhiker's Guide... And Monty Python is some of the best shows ever. Boy, once Carol starts looking down on you as a caller, you know things are not looking good for you. Hey, uh, that slams the lid on things for today. Stay tuned to the WABC Early News. And then uh, Bernie and Sid show coming up at 6 with just Sid Rosenberg in today. I'll be back Monday morning.